all of the Titans who are coming to, to Gotham. You get a pay <laughs> um, Starfire, Beast Boy, everybody was like flying yeah. to the fans to come over to wherever he was because they were not going to let <laughs> Nightwing yeah. be taken down like that. Donna Troy makes an appearance too. Nice to see her. And That's always fun. Yeah, so then we get to the... Everybody loves Dick. Don't they? Everybody, welcome back to another episode of another relaunch. What's up, y'all? I am LZ. Hello, everybody. I am Keenan. What's going on with you, Keenan? How are you? I'm doing really well, actually. Yeah. I had, um, yeah, I had like a really just kind of productive week with work. The energy was good. Um, it hasn't been super hot and swampy here in DC. The weather's been nice for the last few days. The sun's been shining. I don't know. I'm just like. I'm feeling it. I like that. Okay. <laughs> I, and we we entered a new season also, Leo season, and I'm you know so I feel like maybe that's what it is because cancer season was not that girl. That's when it was very hot and like we were getting, we were coming down from our high of finally being back outside during Gemini season, the superior season, and then we start realizing how expensive things were, and it was like oh wow I'm spending a lot of money, and I'm just like sweating all of the time. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, this is not fun anymore. Um, but I took the last few weekends off. I haven't gone out and done anything. And so I just feel great now. I know, that's right. See, I don't know much about, like, astrology at all, really. Um, some of my friends had me sign up for that one uh, CoStar app. Yes. So I know, I know, it like... Tracks daily. I, yeah, <laughs> I know that I'm a, I know I'm a Sag, Sagittarius. Okay. Uh, I'm a Sagittarius. Does that, does that check out? It does actually. <laughs> um, I'm a Gemini moon. Boom! That makes a lot of sense. I think. And uh, for whatever rising something, which one know. is the one? I don't know. I'm one of <laughs> um, no, I love a little good astrology. I don't take it to like you know. I know some people like do like daily readings and like. Mm-hmm. I think it's I fun. Know. Yeah. And yeah, I like someone, have, someone will have to tell me if uh, my stuff matches up with me. Sometimes when I read the <laughs> the CoStar app, I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, <laughs> I didn't come for a therapy session. <laughs> but anywho, let's get right into these comics of the week. And uh, first up, we have Captain Marvel number 30. And this was written by Kelly Thompson with art by uh, Jacoby Kamani. Uh, Kamagni, I think that's how you pronounce the last name. And the also written by uh, Jane McKelvey, who did some art for a backup story here. And oh, wow. this, yeah, it was like an extra like double feature thing. Cause I think, I don't think he was ever able to write anything for Carol mm-hmm. after he designed the, he was the one that had designed the Captain Marvel. I remember that. Yeah. So, but he never got to do like write anything for her. So mm-hmm. they brought him back for her 30th issue to um, to have him write. And I will say this issue was a lot of fun. I get it now why you like Enchantress. <laughs> uh, oh, 
I forgot she's popping up in this book. Yeah, she's like been made now because of this issue, basically one of Carol's like villains. Um, mm. So we start off in this issue. Last issue, uh, Captain Marvel wanted to figure out how she could take down Ove because he was here. She needed some kind of get some magic resistance. Uh, Enchantress took her to this <laughs> stone at the bottom of the, of the ocean and kind of left her there to figure it out. So in this issue, Captain Marvel comes to Enchantress's home, blows open her door, and is like, what, you left me at the bottom of the ocean? And <laughs> um, Enchantress is like, no, I didn't. The thing that you wanted is sitting right here. And she was like, do you honestly think I am that dumb that if I stole something from you, I would just come back to my own home? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. So mm-hmm. <laughs> they finally have a bit of a sit down. And Enchantress basically tells her that she can change this, this basically this, the eye of the serpent is what this pearl thing is called. She can Mm -hmm. change it back into its original form, a liquid, and with it, Carol can drink the liquid and become resistant to magic. Um, If anyone who drinks this is, is a magician themselves and they are with magic, it like cuts them off from it, I guess, Mm -hmm. which is like a really bad thing. So she gets into a fight with Ove. He ends up coming back to her because Captain Marvel is thinking about what is she, whether she wants to drink the, uh, the potion or not. And Enchantress, mm-hmm. is, <laughs> she reads Carol's mind, uses her magic to telepathically read her mind, and she finds out that Ove is her son and that Carol basically lied to her and she wasn't just helping her defeat this villain, she was helping her defeat her son. So Enchantress, of course, like knocks out Carol joins up with her son and her son basically beats Carol a lot (laughs) Mm. (laughs) and they have a bit of a team up Carol is uh trying to just kind of down on herself and trying to figure out how she can get more energy um we get a appearance from Rhodey War Machine which I will admit I do not like their relationship together (laughs) it's a little forced not a fan (laughs) but he comes in helps boost her to get her to have some more energy because you know she absorbs energy and she tries to fight Ove. doesn't work again because he's pretty powerful and a lot of his punches and stuff are magic based which is still her weakness and she basically tricks him into drinking the potion uh the potion that she was going to drink and it cuts him off completely from magic at all and because she did that enchantress now hates her so she let her know that she will get her vengeance on her at some point because of her doing this to her. Because I guess, like, that is a, a big no-no within the magic community. Like, cutting mm-hmm. someone off completely from magic is worse than killing them. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, she had she had a talk with Doctor Strange, and I guess, like, the magic community isn't really a fan of Carol right now because, like, that's, like, a big no-no. Like, you, you should have just killed him. Which, her plan was to kill him, but she didn't want to kill him because, like, you know... I guess. Um, yeah, even though throughout the issue she was saying, I'm going to kill him. Well, that's cool for Carol. Yeah. Yeah. It was a really, it's a pretty fun issue. Uh, Kelly Thompson has really been killing it with Captain Marvel. So uh, then we get the backup issue with, it's basically a fun, cute little story with Ms. Marvel, Kamala Khan, mm-hmm. and Captain Marvel. They, um, Carol is like, 
basically wanting to have a chit chat with her and say, hey, like, why did you want to like be like me? Like, why did you mm-hmm. want to take the Ms. Marvel name? And then they kind of go around and talk about what it was that made her want to kind of be a hero. And it was how have like, they ever had a um, have they ever had a conversation like that before? They have, but I don't think they've ever had it to this depth where it's just the the two of them together. Um, okay. They uh, her first, when Kamala's powers first manifested, she can also transform, kind of like Ms. I remember she, she transformed into um, Carol's like mm-hmm. Ms. Marvel outfit. Right, and it was like she thought like she wanted to be like her, so she transformed into that. Um, and they kind of had some conversations before, like you don't have to be like me, but never. I don't think anything like this where they actually had to sit down and Kamala got to say, like, mm-hmm. this is actually why I did. So it was okay. nice. And like Jamie <laughs> McKelvey got to write it and draw it. So Yeah. I really like McKelvey's art. Yeah. So that's was a good, good for them. Um, yeah. what would you rate it? Um, honestly, like they I really like the ending and the way they really handled the magic stuff. You know, I love limits. <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, they again brought up in this issue, Carol herself was like it's right, I should have limits or whatever, like me becoming resistant to magic would not be good. Um, so I like the stuff that was handled with her powers. Um, I'm really more excited for this last of the Marvels thing that was announced recently. Mm-hmm. Um, Guinness Bell, who is the son of Captain Marvel, where Carol got her powers from, mm-hmm. I guess he's coming back somehow. Um, and Kamala's going to help out. I don't know if that means Spectrum is going to be involved in it some way too, so... I'm excited see. for like Ooh, what maybe this will be when Blue Marvel comes back. Could very much be that. <laughs> Who knows? I would rate this issue like a 3.5 out of 5 for sure. Okay. Um, well, that's good. Like that's you said, shout out great. to Kelly Thompson. She just won an Eisner for yeah. Black Widow, which also everyone should be reading. That is a fantastic book. Yelena <laughs> is in yeah. that book. She's yeah. actually the reason I probably won the Eisner. Yeah, that Eisner so. winner. <laughs> The the one. Um, y'all gotta y'all gotta check that out. That's really good. Um, that's good. Well, now that this magic arc is done, do you kind of have a place where you want to see Carol going next, or what's uh, obviously the Marvels thing is happening? But like beyond that, she's kind of established. Okay, I need a weakness. What's 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 the game plan now? Does she have a mission statement again, or? Yeah. So it looks like again, I want her to have her own mission statement um, mm-hmm. because it looks like the next arc before the Marvel thing is going to be this, what I've been calling this dark, like Captain Marvel arc. Previously, mm-hmm. in, in, when she had to fight all the Avengers, um, the Kree, the Vox Supreme, this uh, villain, put her in this suit and they was like controlled her. Mm-hmm. It looks like there's gonna be an arc where he got other people in these suits to fight her. So she's gonna be fighting like four or five Captain Marvels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, out, out in space or something like that. So that's going to be a lot of fun. But again, I would rather it, this is stuff happening to her versus... You want her to kind of pick it herself. Pick it herself, yeah. So okay. we'll see. Right. I'd like, I like it to go towards that way. But we'll see. All right, up next is um, Nightwing, number 82. And uh, this was written by uh, Tom Taylor with art by the amazing Bruno Redondo. And... I mean, I don't really know how much more I could really praise this art. <laughs> Tom Taylor's like nailing it with Nightwing. Um, he really has like the voice of everything down. We open this issue with um his now like sister, I guess you can kind of say his half sister, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, she had just revealed to him previously that she was his sister, and um, <laughs> he gets his mask back, and the sister is like, you know, it shouldn't matter now. Like I already know who you are. He's like, no, I need to call off something. I need to handle something. And he's talking to uh, Barbara Gordon, and he's like, hey, call it off. Like I'm fine. Everything is okay. And she's like, okay, everyone, you can shut down. And like all of the Titans were coming to, to Gotham. You get a pay <laughs> um, Starfire, Beast Boy. Everybody was like flying yeah. to the fans to come over to wherever he was because they were not going to let <laughs> Nightwing yeah. be taken down like that. Donna Troy makes an appearance too. Nice to see her. And That's always fun. Yeah. So then we get to the. Everybody loves Dick. Don't they? Same. <laughs> 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 So we get to kind of the nitty gritty here and we find out that this girl is exactly his, actually his half sister. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was a woman who was basically bought by Tony Zuko who killed um, Nightwing's parents. Mm -hmm. to like basically be his his wife and his girlfriend. She was like 23 years old and she was like, I think uh, from Taiwan or something like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, during one night at a circus that he took her to, she tried to, she ran away and um, got away from him. And Nightwing's parents actually helped beat up Zuko and like keep her safe. And uh, she ended up kind of like joining the circus with them, being around them for a little bit. And Nightwing's dad, you know how men do. Man. <laughs> it's awful. It's awful. It's men. So he, of course, and she says in the story that it was before, you know, his parents got together officially. And mm-hmm. She... <laughs> mm-hmm. uh-huh. I bet it was. <laughs> she ended up leaving, of course, because I guess Zuko ended up coming back and finding her and taking her back with him. She ended up having the baby. And she says that Zuko probably always knew that the kid wasn't really his but like it was it didn't even matter because eventually like, they got divorced and separated and this he she brought her back this girl uh, his sister anyway to the circus to see to meet her dad but i guess when they returned to Haley's circus nightwing was born so she was like oh, okay i don't even want to ruin whatever you guys have going on so they left and she never really got to meet her her dad before they were mm. uh, so you get like this pretty background. You find out basically that you know Nightwing's got a sister. I'm not really sure again how I feel about the whole sibling reveals. I think I've mentioned mm-hmm. before, like the random sibling reveals. I'm not the biggest fan of. Yeah, um, I can agree. With that. Captain Marvel just had one. <laughs> she had a random sister. That do love it. I don't know. It's something about like stepping out of infidelity. I think that really gets the people going. Okay, so, is it that? And yeah, I think so. I mean, obviously, he, he wasn't officially with the mom in this instance, so right, you know, it's right, not the right. Same thing. <laughs> but uh, I wonder, I wonder, has that ever? If anyone's listening, if you've ever had a random, actually, I've had a random sibling pop up, so maybe I shouldn't talk. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. I mean, it's it's a real thing that does happen. So it's not um, like it's super far fetched, even though it's this like fiction, but it's it happens. But man, like I feel like a lot of these superheroes and characters end up just having these random siblings that pop up, and they end up being villains because this girl is a villain. She is uh, trying to run the city. I think that's always the thing. It's like, why are they always a villain? 
like they could be a hero as well. <laughs> right. Why did their life have to be so horrible? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. They already like you're telling us that they didn't grow up with like their parents. Broken home, like daddy <laughs> issues, because it's always daddy issues. Um and then it's just like, dang, now you're evil. So now I'm gonna have to kill you eventually. It's right. like no. Maybe we can both just be heroes and then team up and be like, oh, happy that we found each other. Look at that. That's how me and my brother. Face. That's how it actually <laughs> happened for me. <laughs> Boom. Um, Maybe we could try something out a little bit. Um, but that was pretty much the entire story for this was just all about Melinda Zuko and how this is her, I'm sorry, this is Nightwing's like half-sister. Okay. Um, yeah. So I, I mean, also think, she, the, I also think the Bat family needs like random siblings. Right. They're exactly. already a family. Like, yeah. I don't know. Tristan Tom Taylor, I guess. Exactly. I, I like what Tom is doing with Nightwing. I'm not sure how I feel about the Zuko plot, the Melinda Zuko plot itself. It, it was it was great when she was just like the the villain of the of Bloodhaven trying to take it over or whatever. She didn't necessarily need to be his sister. Um oh. but so I would give this issue like a three out of five. Okay. If Starfire okay. pops back up, let me know. I realize I just don't really care for Nightwing that much, but I do love a Starfire Nightwing relationship. Yeah, yeah. You know, Starfire is my girly. And I don't know, I still haven't figured out how I feel about that relationship, though. You know? Oh, I love it. I think it's amazing. I like them together, but I want her to be with, I don't know. I don't know. No. Someone a more like <laughs> you want you want you need you want her to have like a man's man. He's <laughs> gonna rough her up a little bit, but no, that's no, not no, not necessarily because I do like the fact that she probably picks him up. <laughs> I was about to say, but that's not that's not the type of girl Starfire is. Like uh-uh. she needs her man has to stand below her, and like he's okay with standing below her, and like I think I think I, think I just want him to be super powerful. You need to let that go. Oh, because he's going to bring her down to the street. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. <laughs> That's where she thrives. She's a teen titan. Oh, She's a street like, girl. Like last, last she was an outsider. Oh, my gosh. That was such a good run. I think I'm going to go back and read. That should be a reread. That's a long The outsider? We should do, like, one of the specific arcs. We should do the teen titan. We'll talk about that later. Next issue. Titans. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Up next is... Catwoman number 33 by Ram B and Federico Blanco with colors by Jordi Belair. Take it away. It's excellent. So this is a, I've realized now, maybe it might just be the Ram B effect, but I think I might be a Catwoman fan. Like, I really like Selena in this book. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. Allytown is going to war with the police. Very real life. It's amazing. They're standing their guard. Of course, they just want uh, Catwoman to turn herself in because they think she's responsible for all of the stuff that's been going on. But it's actually the new villain, Carl Valley. But luckily, some of the detectives have gotten some video footage of the church being blown up and they see him coming out of it. So they're starting to get on his trail. Um, Selena finds out that a bunch of the kids and people who live in Alleytown have been getting help from Riddler. So they've set up a new base of operations and they like stole some stuff with the help of Clayface. She's a, and she's very conflicted about it. Obviously she's saying, who am I? I'm Catwoman, I'm just doing this thing. I've been robbing people and being a villain for however long, but now here I am, I have these kids who kind of idolize me because of things that I've said and what I've instilled in them. And it's making them kind of turn into the bad people 
that I don't want them to be or that, you know, I'm trying to no longer be. And so it's a really nice just internal struggle that she's having. Um, Clayface brings in some other people to help. So we see Knockout, Fireflies there, uh, Cheshire is there. Ooh, I like and, Cheshire. Yeah, right? Uh, Killer Croc is there. And so they're going to meet with some other chick uh, mob woman in Alleytown. She's a black woman, very cool. And she's talking to Selena. She's like, you know, you've gone soft a little bit. You're starting to care about people. It's making you sloppy. This isn't how you're supposed to be. And she's like, I'm going to fix it. As they're leaving, the villain, Carl, blows the place up. (laughs) 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 And so the whole thing about about Carl is like he has a uh, big disillusionment with God. And so he like uh, does a little, a lot of Bible verses and things. So as he's coming out of the flames, he is reciting a Bible verse to Selena just and he has his knife. He's a master with the blade. And so they just have this big fight. And it looks beautiful. And um, he's cutting her up. He's like, <laughs> oh, no. like she is like I not winning. <laughs> <laughs> she is like not winning. He is cutting her up. And but um, but at the end of it, Clayface and Killer Croc are still okay. So they managed to get out and kind of come to save her a little bit. But like she is dragging her body down. She's bleeding from her side. She ends up falling into the river. The Carl guy is kind of saying to her, he's like, you know, how many lives do you actually have? Um, and she's drowning and she's like, oh, no one's coming to save me. I've made this life of myself doing all this stuff. And the last page is her raising her hand like up in the water, drowning. And Batman's coming down to save her. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> it was hot. It was hot. I was, like, <laughs> hot. I was like, this is hot. Oh, man. Um, it's this. Yeah, like, did, I was like, oh, this is good. This is good, Selena. And it's, like, a really good look into Selena that I don't think a lot of people have done before. Again, I think when people think of Catwoman, they think of Batman. Yes. And they just think of that relationship together. And this is, again, seeing Selena on her side. She even says, she's like, I'm becoming a hero. That's not who I am. And she's like, I don't know how to handle this. It's amazing. I would give this a four out of five for sure. Hmm. I definitely need to pick that up, y'all. Uh, check that out. We'll get you some of that uh, Catwoman. All right, up next is Gamma Flight number two by Al Ewing and Crystal Fraser and Lena Medina, uh, with colors by Antonio Fabila. This is a good book, also. It's just a very short mini series. It's only three issues. Um, oh, that's really short. Yeah, uh, and so this one, Gamma Flight, Titania, and all of them. They're actually so at the end of the first issue, Hulk's son showed up. Scar. Okay. Scar. Uh, yeah, and so they find out that he is the one who's kind of been kidnapping the gamma-radiated people and, like, sending them out to war. So it's just a big fight issue. Titania, uh, Sasquatch, and Scar, and the gamma-radiated girl are, like, fighting him. And back at headquarters, Crusher Creel and Charlene are, they're trying to get them back. But the teleport is broken, so Creel ends up kind of merging with the interface of it to become the teleporter technology. And so he's able to go back to the battle. They fight a little bit more. So they're going to try and get them back to headquarters, but something malfunctions. So when he goes to teleport, they all disintegrate. Oh, okay. And, and Scar is left fighting. And during the big fight, there are all these police come and they come in their uh, new formed Hulk busters. <laughs> Some question. Yeah. And so, but like Scar is tearing them up. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, he's not backing down at all. He's just knocking people around. And Titania even makes a comment about it. She's like, you can tell he's not trying to kill them. He's just having fun. He's just beating these people up. We don't really need to worry about him. Um, So after the team disintegrates, Scar's like, okay, well, I still want to fight. So he just goes back to fighting the Hulkbusters. 
we cut to someone watching it on the news feed. It's some doctor talking about, you know, we can just let him have a little bit of fun before we bring him back. Find out that the person they're talking to is Abomination. And if you're oh, a Hulk fan, then you know Abomination is one of his uh, villains, and like mm-hmm. that's who seems to be kind of spearheading this entire thing. Um, and the issue ends. I don't really have that much of a tie to Abomination. (laughs) (laughs) You know, again, like, I only really care about the Immortal Hulk and, like, that aspect of the story, the gamma radiated heroes, uh, I mean, and people, Scar, all that's really fun to see. Uh, It's Like I said, it's just a good little miniseries. I'd give it a 3.5 out of 5. I think Medina's art is cool. Everybody looks good. Again, I see why you like Titania and Crusher Creel as a relationship, Mm -hmm. because they're fun. And they, 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 like, ride for each other. They ride it's, for each other. <laughs> it's like, Titania calls him in one of the scenes, and she's like, you know, we're okay. But Scar starts fighting them again, and he hears her screaming. He tells her, I mean, he's like, no, you need to get this thing up and running now. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, so that's when he goes to interface with it. He's like, nah. He was like, we got to go. Um, so it's always good to see that. Yeah. I wonder if they're going to bring him into the She-Hulk uh series. Oh, Titania. Didn't they use him on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was the first time I had seen them like show anybody with superpowers on in the show. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, and I think that they said like, that he wasn't a mutant or something like that. I remember them like bringing up the fact that, oh, there's going to be more people with powers and stuff kind of popping yeah. up. It was something with him. I wonder, because, you know, they don't claim Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so. Right. Unfortunately. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about unfortunately. <laughs> it was right. a good show. It started off nice. It did. No, it started off bad. Oh, you're right. It got, it, you're right. It did start off bad until it got to the Winter Soldier's High End. Yeah. yeah. Once it got to the Winter Soldier's High End, it was pretty good. Then I fell like, off of it. Oh, see, seasons three through five, that was like peak comic book television right there. Like, oh my god, when they went to the future and then they were in the framework. You gotta go back. Oh, I clocked out after that. No. <laughs> that was a good shot. <laughs> the next one? They were on the, when, when they were on like the moon, but they were on the dark side of the moon or something like that. My god, that season was so good. That's when they were in the future and we saw Flint, the inhuman. No. no. I do uh, like I do like Flint, but no. <laughs> oh my God, All right. Max like took over. Don't get me started. Go to the next issue. Just talk about. The next <laughs> <issue>. <laughs> All right. Up next is um, the Many Deaths of Layla Star, number four, by Ram V and Filippo Andrade, with colors by Inez Amaro. I love when I have a double Ram week. And... So I read this, <gasps> and I loved it a lot. I was like, oh, let me jump in. Oh, wow. So I went back and read the first three issues, and I read this one. And, um, yeah, I'm a fan. It was so good. It's It's so so good. good. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so this issue, Layla is waking up from her, uh, I think this is, what, her second or third death now, where she died in the, she died uh, in the fire. And she's woken up all these years later, and so she goes to look 
for the young man who's going to create immortality. And she comes across this temple, and because she is a former god, she can actually hear, I guess, the spirit who lives in the temple, and they're speaking, and he talks about how nobody has come there for a long time except for this one little guy named Wei. So she tells him about Wei and how he's lived in this uh, town, and he's the only one who comes to this old Chinese temple. And she's like, well, I'm looking for this guy. <laughs> and he's like, well, if anybody's going to know this way, but when you go look for him, can you go check on Wei? She ends up running into the gentleman who's going to create the immortality, and he instantly recognizes her. He's like, I've been waiting for you. He's like, I remember you from when I met you when I was a kid. I remember you from the party. He's like, I knew I would see you again. How do, why do you keep coming back? And he's like, he realizes that the common thread is death. And after seeing her again, I guess his wife has just died. Yeah, and she so, got cancer. Yeah, she died of cancer. And so he's looking at Darth. He's like, you know, why do you keep coming back here? You, you already took her. But he, we see his son who kind of calms him down. She goes to find Wei, and she also sees that Wei is now passed away. And I think this is really interesting aspect for later because she is death kind of finally acknowledging death and seeing the mm-hmm. effect that it has on people. And, you know, again, she even makes comments. She's like, maybe this is because I'm human now, so I'm experiencing all these things in a completely different way, which is just so interesting. Um, and so she goes to tell the temple about how Wei has passed away, but it's like so, it's raining outside. He's saying, come in here and go to sleep during the storm. The temple <laughs> breaks, and that is how Layla dies again, because she's on the yeah. inside. <laughs> <laughs> And she wakes up a bunch of years later. I think it's what, 36 years later this time? It was like a um, very far jump. It was 28 years. 28 years. I don't know where I got 36. I knew it was a high jump. Um, but, you know, we get to see a little bit more about the gods uh, who have to keep going through all the stuff to bring her back. They're starting not to get happy. That was a f- Again, I really liked that their afterlife was a boardroom. <laughs> right? <laughs> I, li- yeah. I like that. Uh, was she taxes? The one who says that uh, Layla just wants her corner office? Uh, yes. <laughs> She's like, she always wanted it. I was like, that's my girl. <laughs> um, so that was good to see. Um, but then we also find out that the guy has not created immortality yet. And apparently he's getting old. It's been another 28 years. So he's like, he's running out of time. So we're going to see that. But Layla even uh, acknowledges that she thinks she is the reason that he goes on this path to try and create it. So that's a really nice little time paradox we got going in there. You know, it's always one. Yeah. I will say that when I started reading this and reading the other books, I had a feeling that one of two things was going to happen. She was either going to fall in love with Darren or she was going to be the reason that he was able to invent immortality. And I mm-hmm. liked in this issue that he brought up that, you know, I met you when I was eight. I met you again at that party. Um, and now mm-hmm. I'm meeting you now. And you literally look the same. You've never aged. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of how she admits that she used to be the god of death. And I think that probably this interaction is what is probably going to be the thing that he remembers. But mm-hmm. the way that I liked this story being told was ran through me for a loop at the end by mm-hmm. her dying again and having that big of a jump and mm-hmm. the god of life telling Layla, oh, he's getting old. So like he hasn't even invented it yet. Because I was truly expecting him had already done it at yeah. some point. Um, and so even, this, like, when she woke up and she said it, and she was like, you know, oh, hey, this is where I think I start. Or, like, I put him on that path. It's like, okay, you would think he'd done it by now. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, no, you still got some time. Yeah. Um, so I I, I, what would you rate this issue? 
I would give this a four out of five for sure. I love the art. And I think I said it last time, it, ha- it has a very, um, it flows like water. I feel like the pages, the, mm-hmm. it, the movement is so beautiful. The facial expressions hit, um, the colors are fantastic. It, the tone it evokes, you feel kind of the sadness. I think when she was watching the funeral uh, procession for uh, Way, and she starts crying, I was like, I was getting a little sad. I was like, damn, I need to put this down. Um, you, you know, I typically <laughs> wouldn't even, I don't, I think I wouldn't normally like art, this style of art, but mm-hmm. I really like it for this book. And I really like the way that it, like, kind of like what you said, the, it flows very like water. I don't know if it's just the colors, blended with the art or what that is but like it uh i like it in this book (laughs) it's a a very solid scene yeah i would also give it a four out of five yeah yeah um all right up next speaking of another book that i ended up jumping in and this is not a cry for help everyone Mm -hmm. i know that i've said this before but this does not mean um to alert the authorities (laughs) and no pun intended it is Superman and the Authority, number one, mm. by Grant Morrison and mm. McCall Janine, with colors by Jordi Belair. And wow, I'm reading a Superman book. It's like, don't you love it? Don't <laughs> it's you love really it? good. <laughs> don't you love it? Don't you love it? It's actually pretty first good. All, also, 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 first of all, shout out to Jordi Belair, because she is working, okay? Yes. That yes, woman is. is everywhere. She just colored Catwoman. She's coloring this. Uh, she's been coloring Black Widow. Um, mm-hmm. We love to see it. She's great. Yeah. I mean, the colors that she is, like I said, the way that she blends all that stuff is really, Fantastic. really good. Um, uh, but I'm glad. So this means you're also going to get to action comics, yes? Yeah. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> love that. Um, I could. I'll, I think I could see myself liking the the universe of Superman, just still not really liking Superman. Clark's Clark's definitely the weakest link. It's kind of, <laughs> it's, kind of it's kind of like how I feel about Thor and Asgard. Okay. Also. Like I love everybody. I love the world. I love what it is. But and it, I, even even Clark, you know, I'm kind of starting to understand a little bit more. I see it. <laughs> but you're still at the bottom. Yeah, because I mean, this book is giving me the science that I love. Mm-hmm. you know um the powers and all that kind of stuff so it looks really good you see the action uh just even the beginning pages of manchester black when he's waking up and the people are coming to attack him and he's trying to fight but then superman flies in and he's like oh i can do this it's just like yeah this is good stuff this is so awesome. uh with this book opening and being superman meeting with jfk mm-hmm. <laughs> and jfk basically telling him that like oh you know we are basically want to go to the stars and we want you to we have a plan to one day reach Mars. <laughs> Funny enough, you know, the, the X-Men already did it. <laughs> Been there, done that. Um, and we want it to be man a man-made mission, but, you know, if anything goes wrong, we want you to help out. I find it interesting that that was something that was a plot in Invincible. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> the, like the same kind of story. So um, I, found that it, I found that a bit interesting, and then we get to see the... I, I don't know who's remembering this stuff right now, and I guess that's probably going to be revealed later, um, that the JFK assassination, and, like, I guess Superman kind of felt the way that he wasn't there for it. Mm-hmm. I, I, how do you feel about this, like, cementing itself within, like, time? Um, I'm fine with it, just because I think it goes with what they're doing with Superman right now. They're moving him out. They are 
obviously taking away his powers even in this issue they make a comment about i mean the whole thing with why superman is working with manchester black and trying to do this is because he is getting weaker and he's losing his abilities and he doesn't know how much longer he has and so his need to the promise he made to jfk to like protect earth and be that person it has to be a little bit more extreme and he kind of realized he can't do it himself so putting him in a space that it has a time frame and showing that he is old is okay with me because i feel like he's not gonna be around much longer right right and and like kind of like you said this operates outside of time it looks like he's kind of like plucking people from mm-hmm. wherever and um i will say that i'm a fan of manchester black <laughs> this is this was my first real introduction to him again i'm not a superman fan so i don't really read a lot of his stuff if any at all so um I thought his telepathic abilities were really fun to see. And then when all of the the people he was fighting had the side blocks on and he was like, all right, well, I guess we're switching it to telekinesis. Although <laughs> that was pretty fun. Um, and the way that he interacts with Clark and their whole banter is, mm-hmm. is really fun to see. Um, I do wonder what's going on with Clark because we see at the end of this, you know, it looks like he poisoned Manchester Black. At least that's what I took away from it. Mm, I don't know. We're going to see. What do you think? I don't think he poisoned him. I thought he poisoned him. I don't think he poisoned him. There and there. So, like, we see them all talking and, you know, uh, Clark is giving his his spiel, basically, to Mm -hmm. Manchester Black to get him to join him. He finally joins him. He even shows him the King Arthur's round table. It's the original one. Everybody's got some Arthurian legend going on right now. I love it. <laughs> you know, it's the originators, you know? It also, it, it's also nice to see it when it's done, like, in a very exciting way. Well, that's not all things, right? It's not. That's why it's nice. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, but they, they make a toast to Manchester Black joining, and he says mm-hmm. that, you know, I have some other friends that could probably help us join this thing. And he gives them just water. And he sips mm. it. He's like, oh, this is just water. I didn't want this. I thought this was going to be booze. Mm-hmm. And he passes out. And I was like, is this like a dark Clark? Mm-hmm. But, because, you know, yeah. there seems to I be just, a very, like, heavy. I will say Clark definitely Clark, has like, a little bit more Clark. of, like, there's, yeah, there is. I don't necessarily think it's evil Clark. I just think, like I said, it's a Clark that's a little bit more realistic mm. and just a, a willing to go, like, a little bit further in some of the things he does. Um, I did like the part where Manchester Black was saying he was calling some A-listers in to help them on the mission, because you know who those are. Mm. It's going to be Midnighter and Apollo. When he said A-listers, I was like, oh, is that going to be Midnighter and Apollo? Yeah, he was (laughs) like, oh, they're like doing something else right now, but they'll come down a bit. I was like, oh yeah, that's going to be Midnighter and Apollo. So it's like, again, this issue, this miniseries is only four issues, so I'm pretty sure by the next issue, I, I I'm not I'm hoping we have the team formed before issue four, but I wouldn't be surprised if we get them at the like end of issue four because they're also going to pop up in Action Comics in a few months. Wow, yeah. <laughs> I'm really gonna have to end up reading Action Comics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, this is the thing. Like this is Clark. This is his status quo. The Superman world is very exciting right now. DC, I actually realized this <clears throat> the other day. Excuse me. Um, DC, I think, has all of my favorite, I'm not going to say all of them, but the majority of my favorite writers right now. I really enjoy a lot of my DC books. And as I've been looking at my pool list, more and more DC books are coming on it. Yeah, I've noticed that I've been adding a lot of 
DC books to my pull list, surprisingly, and like dropping Marvel ones. You know, I've, I've always been more of a, a a Marvel fan, but it feels like I don't know. DC's got some good stuff going on over there. DC's got good stuff right now, and I think also the um, the diversity of creators that they have right now is a little bit more wide. Uh, I think they and everybody knows DC like will drag something on forever. When you, you know, when Marvel books come out, a lot of times people fearing cancellation at issue six, even though, again, I think Immortal Hulk kind of broke that curse. Um, when people are still like, you know, we might only get six or 12 issues, DC will keep a book going forever. Yeah. Before they stop. It has to so, truly be a flop for it. Yeah. Keep a book going forever. Um, so I think that helps. But even so, I think also what they've been doing with their books, they've been letting people know, like, oh, this is going to be eight issues. This is going to be 12 issues. And so it's been, the storytelling is feels very concise again, which is something that they haven't had for a while. Right. And I think it's probably been best for them to have opened up the whole multiverse thing and let people just kind of write wherever they want to write. I've heard some good things about Infinite Frontier. I'm going to catch up a little bit later. I'm behind. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been hearing some nice things. I don't know. Not from the Flash fans. I don't think it's going good in the Flash world. I know. All I see is stuff on the Flash corner. Like, they just can't get anything good over there. <laughs> I always see the Flash fans like, yeah, something just doesn't ever go right for them. I wouldn't know. I'm not over there. We need a job. What would you rate this issue? Honestly, I would give this issue a 3.5 out of 5. Maybe a four. I, would, I really liked. I really enjoyed it. I, th- I, 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 I had to keep it at like a 3.5. And get, it felt like a very uh, basic setup issue. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think too much new was really jumped in. But again, it's only four issues, so. Yeah, uh, I really like the art. Yeah, art's beautiful. Killer team, killer team. I'm excited for everywhere that this is going. For sure. All right, up next is Moon Knight number one by Jed McKay and Alessandro uh, Cupicchio with colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. Now, I know Moon Knight is, like, top five for you. Yeah. So um, how was this as a relaunch, his new, his new number one? Excuse me, new number one, and uh, and it's with Jed McKay. Yeah. It all sounds so good, right? Yeah, I mean, this sounds like this is, like, all made for you. Jed McKay is, I don't know, the artist. I don't think I've ever had... Read anything I think with this. Before? I think this is his like first big Marvel, I, his big comic book work. I think this is the first thing he's ever done. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Um, I thought this issue was good. I think that it was a really good number one. It introduced a lot of things about Moon Knight. We got some callbacks to some stories. They uh, did the Ellis run in there. Uh, the arc that he just had in Jason Aaron's Avengers was mentioned. Um, they talked about this previous therapy sessions that he's had. Uh, we get a new status quo. He's now running the Midnight Mission. He's calling himself the high priest of Khonshu, and his, obviously he's just protecting people of the night. So we see him kind of going up against some vampires, and oh. he rescues a group of them who have just been turned. And they're like, you know, we didn't want to be vampires. Please don't kill us. So he actually ends up using one of them as his receptionist <laughs> at the midnight. <laughs> um, I think this take on Moon Knight is a little bit different, but there seems to be a reason for that. So I'm not really going to side-eye it too much until at least the first arc's done, obviously. It seems that he's playing on the different aspects of Mark's personality, depending on the costume he's with, when he's in the Mr. Knight suit, which is, I don't know if people have seen it, but that's just the full white suit with the uh, mask on. Yes. Um, he's a lot more, I want to say, 
spiritual in the way that he talks. He talks very okay. highly about like how Khonshu is a god and how he has how we have to like worship the di- uh, the deity. And even though he's in jail, he is still like carrying on the mission and blah blah blah. But when he's in the Moon Knight guys, he seems to have a little bit more like street talking on him. We meet a doctor who is also a follower of Khonshu, and he talks about how he talks about how Moon Knight is you're a fist and Moon Knight's like, I'm the fist. And the doctor's okay. like, <laughs> and the doctor's like, okay. He's like, just make sure that, you know, what you do is really uh, representing Khonshu to the best of your ability because that's what you need to do. And he's like, who are you? Um, come to find out later on in the issue that we actually see he ha- is an avid follower of Khonshu. He has a statue in his apartment. He puts on a black mask that's similar to the one Moon Knight wears, just the inverted colors. He calls himself the Hunter's Moon. Oh, okay. Um, so it looks like we've got a new villain introduction. There's somebody watching him on the side. Um, again, I think it was a really good first issue. I've seen a lot of Moon Knight fans. Well, I'm not going to say Moon Knight fans. I've seen a lot of people coming in saying that they've been interested in Moon Knight. And this is their first foray to him saying that they really liked it. Um, I don't think it re- the personality aspect. Again, it seems like he's doing something different. So I'm waiting to see if that's what he's actually doing. Because uh, it doesn't okay. really feel super familiar to any Moon Knights I've read before. Like the personalities are different, a little bit. Okay. Um. So we'll see how that goes. But I really like Jed McKay. I think again, he's a great action writer. So I, I'm definitely going to continue following in on this just to see. But I liked it. It was good. Okay. All right. What would you rate it? I rated three out of five. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We'll definitely be paying attention to this. I know that um, if you guys are fans of Moon Knight, check out our previous Moon Knight panel that we did where uh, Keenan really broke down the character and gave a lot more insight to it than I know that I would have ever had. So <laughs> definitely check, check that out, y'all. Um, all right, up next is Guardians of the Galaxy number 16 by Al Ewing and Juan Frigeri with colors by uh, Federico Blee. And I know that's right. What a way to end the week off. This is okay. the one. <laughs> what a way to end a comic book off. I yes. love this book. We I love off. I love when you come on up here into space and you like it. <laughs> you, <know>? <laughs> <laughs> you don't always like it. Um, that is you true. You don't always like it. That is very true. No, this is good. I'm I, I'm loving the Star Lord content. I love the way that the teams kind of work together. How the different plots that. Ewing has been building for this last annihilation with Dormammu taking over Ego and um, sending his goons out and everybody's just fighting. Star-Lord being amazing. I really want to go to Spartex and see the astrologers in their road with their headpieces using using their old-time magic. Like, let's get into that. Um, The one thing I will say about Star-Lord that I've always kind of enjoyed was that Spartex stuff. And like mm-hmm. his dad being Jason and like all that stuff. I remember when like that was kind of introduced and to me anyway, a while ago in a, a previous Guardians run. And I liked that stuff and I wish that there was like more of more yeah, of that from him. It's actually pretty good. Um we, it was and his sister. I thought the sister yeah. was again, he got a he got a random house. Random sibling. And she's like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, you know, yeah, I we it was touched on a little bit in some of those solo series he had. Um, but those series weren't that great, so I would like to see it redone by you. A post, whatever they've been doing with him now, now that he's back, you know, mm-hmm. this Star Lord would nice be nice to see what's up. Peter Jason Quill. Mm-hmm. Um, the art continues to look good in this book. Uh, yeah, 
we just we get a lot of uh, your boy in here too. Wicked. <sighs> Wicked. I will have. To, I will say. I'm sorry. <laughs> I I don't think I like him. Oh oh no I don't know that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I like him. I think. Oh it's because he loves his man. You don't like characters who like their men. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> it's like it's like he can't do anything without him. He's got low self esteem. Is that what it is? Because, like, they are annoying. <laughs> oh, my God. The relationship is awful. The, the, the relationship is, like, a complete, like, toxic, codependent yeah, type so of situation. Um, He's powerful in this. I'll give him that. But I don't think anyone's ever going to write them as anything else. They just so love each other. And they're just obsessed so with them. It is what it is. You just got to enjoy the moments when they are not together. <laughs> <laughs> Which Ewing is going to give us because they had to separate, which is fantastic. Yeah, so it's like that was like pulling teeth. It was like I oh know. my gosh, I don't want to separate. It's like oh my god. Yeah, but it's like me. then we got them, but then we got them apart. So it's like again, <laughs> I don't think if there has been one thing that every writer who has done Hulkling and Wiccan has been that like they are together. Mm-hmm. Even when Galen actually had them separate during Galen Avengers, it was very much like yeah, we separated, but we are coming back together. That's just going to be the thing. You just got to deal with it. When they're separate, though, it's fantastic. I don't know. I think they're annoying. (laughs) (laughs) Hulkling is also a horrible character. Wiccan is. Wiccan is amazing. Stop crying. Do something. Stop crying crying for your man. Do something. Um, But we do get some stuff with um, Arako. We see that and, uh, you know, it looks like Star Lord is all for it. Like, it's Mars. He's like, somebody's going to quit. Yeah. He's so- <laughs> Peter Jason Clark. He's the child of the stars. He has a black sister. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, and uh, we also get a lot of the heroes going off and fighting a Dormammu because he took over the planet Ego. Basically, and I, I assumed this was a spell or something, and it hatched, and now he's got a bunch of mindless ones basically fighting the entire galaxy, and people are fighting out there. Um, I really liked this issue. I thought the art was fantastic. Um, I got some Quasar stuff. I feel like Quasar is a character I would like once the mantle gets passed down to a character I would like, <laughs> because I like his powers and his abilities. I'm just not super into the character. And that probably goes for both Quasars. Uh, I can't think of the girl's name. She's cool, too. Yes. Yeah. But I want... Actually, I think I would probably really like Quasar if the, if the bands were given to someone, a different character. Um, but I guess this is the one I got to there. I don't think I would like Quasar at all. Oh. <laughs> I, like, I like the powers. I just think I would prefer them to with somebody else um and it looks like next issue we're probably going to get some more of the of that love triangle between gamora and star lord because star lord ends up saving gamora because her ship like exploded absolutely uh, uh, um, saved gamora and he obviously is trying to look like the big superhero and i'm sure are we um i feel like they can be together i don't really think star lord cares anymore 
you just want him to be single, single. You know? <laughs> I just think, I think who, Gamora and Star-Lord? Yeah. No. Um, I think that Nova and Gamora should be happy together. That's fine with me. I don't really like Nova. I don't, I don't like Ice. I don't like. Oh, he's awful. And you know, I, I think I say this all the time when I've been going back and reading the New Warriors. He's definitely my least favorite. Terrible. Character. Yes. Like, awful. Just awful. Uh, so rude. Can't stand him. Gamora's like Gamora. Whatever. I will say, oh, the trio of Hercules, Mantis, and Drax was really fun in this issue as well. They're fun. I love yeah. kind of seeing them together and like Hercules telling Drax, "Are you making jokes?" And Drax is like, "I'm a superhero now. Superheroes tell jokes." Now uh, look at look at Hercules and Marvel Boy. They're yeah. able to coexist. They do their own thing. They love with but each you other. You have to understand they were, they were they also were created as separate characters. Humbling <laughs> 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 and Wigan were created together specifically <laughs> to be together. That was that's been literally been their thing since the inception. Oh, the day somebody is brave enough to break them up, the internet will tear them up. Well, we see them finally separate, and uh, Hulkling says that they need to bring in Captain Glory um, from his cell because they feel like they need the help, they need the power, um, which would be interesting to see. I've, it's fun to see Ewing create this Captain Glory character, basically, and make mm-hmm. him like bigger than he is. I want to say that the first time they actually, I want to say they first appeared in No Surrender in those no Avengers surrender. books, and I want to yeah. say that was where like the Ewing. Yeah, he was one of the writers yeah. of that. Ewing, it was Ewing, Wade. I think it was just Ewing and Wade. It might have been somebody. I think so. And maybe Duggan? I don't know. We gonna go we'll check it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it was interesting to see Captain Glory again, because we saw him in Empire, too. Yeah. Uh, he was the one that kind of turned the whole thing. So uh, we'll be seeing some more of that next issue. I had a lot of fun with this. This issue definitely gets a four out of five for me. Same. 100%. Love it. It's Ewing magic. I do yeah. not want him to ever leave anything that I like. <laughs> I no. just want him to continue writing all my favorite characters, and I feel like he likes a lot of my favorite characters. He just has to get the chance to get his hands on them. I need him to throw Spectrum and Blue Marvel on this team. Yeah, they definitely should have been there, especially over Doom. Yeah. I need them on this team. Because they are. I don't think you need Spectrum as much, but I would love that. <laughs> I was just about to say Spectrum is one I think I would like to see. <laughs> <laughs> no shade to Spectrum. Monica Rainbow is great. Um, she is great. She's just one character I feel like. I feel like the pieces are there for me to like her. I just need more solo stuff from her, uh, yeah. so I can really see more of like her. You know. And I feel like I feel like she needs a more pared down cast. She's always a part of like. Very big ensemble cast. Ensemble cast. Like I think that's why things like Next Wave, as fun as it was and like humorous, uh, and the Ultimates worked for her because it's so much smaller and you can yeah. really focus in on her a little bit more instead of just using her as the powerhouse of the group. Yeah, and I would like to see her being the powerhouse out in space again. Would probably level her out a bit because we've seen her go inside somebody's eye and shocking their brain and stuff. That's <laughs> that's going to be too easy on her. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I would love to see that. But, all right, those were the comics of the week. Uh, let's take a break, and then we'll come back. All right. Mm. 
think this is going to be exactly what the people, I think this is what you're going to need. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Okay. We are here <laughs> for another panel. And today we're going to have a very, very interesting character discussion. This is somebody who I've actually wanted to talk about for quite a while now. Mm. And um, it's Rogue. The X-Man, the sassy Southern Belle, Rogue yes. Anna Marie. Is her last name LeBeau now? I guess so. She's married now. Did yeah. she change her? Oh, no. I, don't I guess. Know. I mean, she probably um, did. She loved that man, so. She does love that man. So let me no. tell you something. This yeah, actually, I, go, I wanted to talk about Rogue for one reason, and that was because I was rereading Excalibur, and she was really holding my girl down in that book. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it just kind of made me start to think about Rogue's character as a whole. I won't lie to the people. Rogue is a character I kind of go up and down on a little bit sometimes. Sometimes I feel like I'm really into her. Other times I'm like, I never want to see her again. Um, but I think lately, especially after remembering how down she'd be for the doll, um, I'm more on the side of enjoying her. And I think because a lot of the Rogue that I read originally back during the Outback run, of when she first took Carol Danvers' powers and all that stuff, and she was with the team. Um, it wasn't a rogue I enjoyed. I felt like her personality was very bratty. She was, uh, like, very loud, standoffish. A lot of the other dolls did not like her. You know, she had fought Dazzler before. Storm was really close with Carol, so she wasn't feeling rogue like that. Betsy was like, well, I'm cool with Storm and Dazzler, so... <laughs> um, and then also her and Rogue used to butt heads a little bit too as well. Rogue was always kind of antagonizing her. Uh, but I've realized now that I feel like that was just more of Rogue's character at the time. Like that's where she was in her life. She was young. She had done all these bad things she was trying to atone. I think in the more recent years, especially the last decade or so, she's come into a more well-rounded aspect of the character. And she's kind of like the every woman a little bit. You can put her anywhere. She's had a couple of leadership roles, whether you think it's good or bad. It's like all personal opinion. Um, and she she is a constant of the X-Men, sometimes the Avengers as well. And I feel like I feel like she's the dependable one of the group. I don't think I, you know, they always use the overused line of this character is the heart of the X-Men. I don't necessarily think Rogue is the heart, but I think she's always she's like a leg. <laughs> yeah, and she's that's not even like that's not even shade. That's just like yeah, like truly like <laughs> she, she's. You need a leg. You definitely need a leg. So I think she's like a very strong leg. Um, and I just want I just want to talk about her because another thing that brought this about is I don't know if you saw this the other day, but they were tweeting about kind of like the big three of women in the X-Men. And they had um, Storm, Jean, and Emma. And I was like, you know, I get Emma. not like the other. <laughs> I totally get Emma has had a very strong presence in the X-Men comics and her stock has risen a little bit, but I don't think people realize how strong the hold the 90s cartoon has on the world. Oh, yes. <laughs> and, and when you think about the X, there are two things that are going to have the, like the 90s cartoon and the uh, Marvel vs. Capcom game. Yes. And when you think about those things, obviously from the cartoon, your ex-women are going to be Storm and Jean. Then after that, you got Rogue and sometimes Jubilee. And then you sometimes get Psylocke from the uh, Marvel vs. Capcom game. But it's like, how many times have you seen that little clip of Rogue fighting Gladiator in space? <laughs> Too many. <laughs> <laughs> and 
even her costume, like she's still in the costume from she's the still 90s. Still in it, like, yes. <laughs> she, was doll, she was one of the dolls of the 90s. Like Rogue is just that girl. And I think it's very interesting because I know you have a very complicated relationship with Rogue. <laughs> that I do. So I I, I, I want to get into her. I want to talk about her. How do you feel about her? What do you think were some of her best stories? Some of her worst stories. For those who don't know, Rogue was created in 1981 by Chris Claremont and Michael Golden. Her first appearance was in Avengers Annual Number 10. Uh, she beats the team. It's an iconic moment. There's, if there's one thing Rogue is known for, it's beating and then leading. Oh, I wasn't going to say a team. But um, the Avengers, for sure. Yes, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, and I thought that was actually a really great issue. Watching her take all of them down by herself was was dope. Um, however, that issue also shows an issue that I have with her and her powers, because mm -hmm. in her first appearance where she's fighting the Avengers, one of the Avengers is Wonder Man, and she tries to take his powers, mm -hmm. but she can't because he is not human um, <clears throat> because of his ionic energy. But now, she was able to take his powers. She has his powers now. Which doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Again, I personally feel like they did that because they want to bring her back to the night. Sassy Southern, the Sassy Southern Brawler. Um, yeah. Again, it is a staple. And this is just like, you, that's rogue. So many characters have been based off that. And I'll never forget. I, everybody knows I love a creator, and so I love to listen to their interviews and uh, read articles and things from them, and there have been so many women creators. When you ask them who their favorite X-Men or, like, their favorite character was, it's Rogue. Mm -hmm. Like, she shaped the girls. She's <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. They do love having her take your favorite character's powers, though. Yes. It's That's because it's because the characters that I like have... Um, you know they're in that they're in that that brawler range or whatever, and they always want to take Rogue back there instead of letting her kind of be dope on her own. Yeah. So <laughs> most of the time so, they just take my characters' powers. Where do you stand on Carol Rogue relationships now? I like where it is now, okay. personally. Every time that they've met, and it hasn't even been too often, but they obviously have you know come into contact with each other. Mm -hmm. uh, more recently, I guess I should mm -hmm. say, post their whole mishap. Yeah. And it's it, it has never been a, I forgive you now, and we are sisters, and we're forever bonded, and we're going to be friends, or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. It's always pretty much been, I mean, when, when Carol came back as binary, it was truly on sight. Like, she yeah. saw her and punched mm -hmm. her into, into the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And... Then she came back and was going to beat her up again. And the X-Men had to separate them. Storm and Nightcrawler threatened to leave the team if Rogue stayed. Mm -hmm. um, so it wasn't like a, oh, we're, we're cool kind of thing. It, yeah. And then later it just kind of evolved into a, I see you. I respect mm -hmm. what you do over there. Because I do think that they have a lot of similar qualities. <clears throat> the things that I ended up liking a lot about Rogue were the qualities that she basically got from Carol when she touched her. Um, mm -hmm. Because you don't really know too much about Rogue, or at least uh, the superhero Rogue, I should say, um, outside of it being kind of carol light, <laughs> um, You know, with the, the brawler aspect to her personality and the kind of the headstrongness, in my mm -hmm. opinion, a lot of that kind of comes from 
Carol. From Carol. And, and they've had meetings before where Carol will say, I, I see what you're doing over there. That's great. And Rogue will say, you know, I'll never know if what I've been doing is because I picked it up from you. And Carol has reassured her, like, everything you're doing is on your own. It's got nothing to do with me. So I, I respect what you do, but we're not ever going to be friends. <laughs> like, we're never going to be that. We would you be interested? Would you be interested in seeing them on a team together? Like, if they were both Avengers at the same time? If they were ever both Avengers at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if Rogue would be leading that team. Mm. Carol was just a, Carol was just a member. Carol's not a like a the leader good like leader. that, like that. I wouldn't say a good one because she's not one. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? She's it's not like she is. She's not the one to say, all right, I'm gonna lead this team of ten people into this. Unless it's like, hey, everyone, follow my lead as we all go punch and, and beat up the mm-hmm. bad guys. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I She's not that. like a Captain America or even Rogue. Yeah. Honestly. Okay. I can see that. Um, and, I, and I think that's another thing about Rogue that has kind of... If I did see them on the same team, though, I would want Rogue to have her own powers, but like under control. Because I will say that earlier we talked about what would be like some Rogue stories that I liked. And mm-hmm. although it was like 15 years ago, mm-hmm. that Mike Carey legacy run Iconic. was truly fantastic. And Rogue yeah, has some really great, great stuff for Rogue in there. Um, and she got her powers under control. And, mm-hmm. and, that, and she was able to really like see more of like Rogue and her psyche. So if I ever saw her on an Avengers team, I would like when she's like, like that and like her going out using everybody's powers on the team and like coordinate mm-hmm. them that way. I like that versus yeah. being the, the flight. The Mike Carey era was spectacular for Rogue. And I honestly think that was one of the things that really cemented who she is as a character. Again, I think all X-Men characters or a lot of just comic book characters in general kind of went a little stagnant during the 90s. Got, they got stuck in whatever trope or phase they were supposed to be in. But I think, again, the early 2000s to the 2010s, Though that moved a lot of people past it and took them to the next level of legacy. And then following up when she joined the Avengers was definitely that for Rogue. Um, so highly recommended reading for anyone who's trying to get into her and doesn't know too much about her. And then even Mr. and Mrs. X from Kelly Thompson did some really good stuff for her after she and Gambit got married. And I was going to say that's actually one of the things why I think Rogue is such a the leg of the team because the relationship she forms with people actually do get very deep. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like there are a lot of ex relationships we kind of see that at a surface level or they're just what it is. Rogue is that character where she is always supporting the people. And um, there's a sort of a gentleman on Twitter, my snack pack, he actually tweeted me once and he was saying, Rogue is that character who looks at everybody as her best friend, even if they don't necessarily see her the same way. And I was like, that actually that's, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I was like, you know, that's cool for her because of some fact. Like, again, she has these deep relationships with everybody. So it's just like you can put her anywhere. And again, we went through the time period where she had the students and she was mentoring them. And it's like these are all roles that kind of fit for her. And they have really helped that development into her as a leader. Again, whether you think she's a great leader or not, that is debatable. Um, <laughs> I, do. I do not. I will say that that kind of uh, made me think of... Uh, I, I'm sure I talked about this before on the show when Hickman had an interview and he talked about uh, a character's powers kind of influencing their personality. 
and how they kind of interact with the world. So you would expect someone like Rogue, who is, when she touches you, she really is like absorbing all of who you are to kind of look at people who are like her, like other mutants or whatever, as they would be her, her, her teammates and stuff as her best mm-hmm. friends. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Do you have a preference of her as an X-Man or an Avenger? Okay, so <laughs> I will I will admit that personally, I've always thought that she was better as an Avenger because okay. she just she just fits there. Uh, she mm-hmm. just has great stories there. Um, her personality and the way it kind of not only fits and clashes with the other members of the Avengers fits there. Um, mm-hmm. And unlike other Avengers, she still represents like mutantdom. She still says like I'm a mutant. You know, mm. um, yeah, she's proud. Yes, so I kind of liked her there, mm-hmm. but you know, at the same time, I understand that like Rogue to me is like a great superhero. She can, mm-hmm. in my opinion, like she's like a a very a good superhero. So I can understand why she could also make sense with the X Men, but only in the sense where the X Men are superheroes, and in my opinion, they haven't been until this most recent uh, Jerry Dugan run. Yeah. Prior prior to that, the X-Men have just been people with powers and they were protecting themselves. <laughs> you know what I mean? They were uh, and going out and rescuing them and keeping their people alive. They weren't superheroes. Yeah. That's actually a really good point. And I think it kind of feels like uh, is a part of the reason why I felt like I was disillusioned with Rogue and the X-Men for a little bit. I do see her as a really good superhero. Mm-hmm. And her with the Avengers is a great example of that. She does superheroes really well. It's like where she shines. And with the X-Men, I think outside of obviously Carrie building kind of the personal connection and really delving into her personality, the only time where she ever got to be a hero a little bit was when she was teaching the students and that's because she was training them and like taking them out to places and doing things like that. So again, she got to be the superhero. Um, that's a really good point. Wow. She's a, she makes a great superhero. You know, I will always say that even if I may not uh, be interested in the character, I don't. I, that doesn't mean I always dislike them. I can find some ways to like make yeah. them. I see what they're about, and I honestly yeah. think that like Rogue, Rogue is a dope superhero. That's where you get the most like. The great stuff. I, you know, you don't really necessarily like, even though she is a proud mutant, you don't really see her like. She's not like Exodus or something where she's going yeah. like, to start a revolution for it. Yeah, that's not her. She's like, I'm a, I'm a sit at the table as this, so you can know we exist. Exactly. That's cool. And 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 when there's time for something to go down, she's definitely going to be there. Mm-hmm, for sure. For um, sure. Is there anything from Rogue? you know, being as someone who sits on the fence with her sometimes that you wanted to see for her and think they could delve into a little bit more, whether it be like her family, uh, relationship. Obviously, she's married to Gambit now. Was there ever anybody that you wanted to see her with? Um, I don't know if there ever anybody I've ever seen would like to see her with because of the Gambit thing. And even before they were married, that was always a relationship, in my opinion, that kind of like cemented itself in the 90s where it was like, this is never going to change. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like where there's like yeah. certain, where there's certain characters where they get together and it's like, all right, they're probably never going to like, this is it. Yeah. yeah. And so I've always been cool with them being together just because you knew that they were always going to be whatever with each other. Um, I would have liked to see Rogue. 
honestly, she is where I would have put her, which is on this X-Men team. I just would have changed or at least given some kind of explanation to her powers or something a little bit more. I know that I didn't read the Mrs. and Mrs. Mr. and Mrs. X book, but um, I know that there were some area of effect ways that she could use her powers, like she didn't have to touch you, that she could absorb it. That was also been brought up in the Captain Marvel book. Uh, Rogue made an appearance there, and they fought. And again, uh, they Carol told her, like, you know, we're not friends, but I, like, appreciate what you're <laughs> And she absorbed her, like, that way from a distance or whatever. I thought that was kind of interesting. But, like, can she still do that? Or I mean, I don't know. I, I do remember the whole area effect thing where she didn't have to touch you, but she also, like, had control of it. But then I remember in the beginning of Excalibur, it seemed like she didn't have control of it anymore. Right. But again, I, th- I think that is the one crux that Rogue constantly has as a character. Writers do not like to... Dis- it always goes back and forth. Everyone either sh- she has control or she doesn't. That's just something I think they need to work out as a whole. I think, personally, it's beyond time that she has control. Yeah. Uh, She's just, unfortunately, always stuck in nostalgia. Like, she just... I think out of all of the X characters, honestly, she's probably gotten it the worst as far as, you know, every character gets hit with the nostalgia, you know, yeah. uh, the nostalgia button every now and then. But I feel like out of all of them, she's kind of gotten it the worst because they keep bringing her back to she can't control her powers. Mm-hmm. She's the flying brawler. Mm-hmm. Here's this, yeah. uh, the costume with the little jacket. I can see that. Hopefully the new X-Men run kind of helps alleviate some of that. I mean, obviously, she's back in the 90s costume and flying and brawling, so maybe not. (laughs) See, I was a little afraid because I feel (laughs) like, I feel like Duggan, or Dugan, I feel like he likes that Rogue. I was about to say, I will say, I feel like he loves Rogue. He's the one that gave her those powers again. Oh, that's true, and I can't even remember Well, well, not again. He, um, he was the one that released Wonder Man from her, at least so I'll give him that, <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> and brought him back. But after she got brought back, she was still like floating and flying. Still had the powers. Had the powers yeah. yeah. But again, I don't know if she has like Wonder Man powers because like, can she change into an ionic form? Can she shoot energy blasts like him? That's also something that's been weird. I think I do remember reading an interview from a creator saying that like she had the strength in the flight and that's why she could do it again. So also does that mean does she has his personality? Will that ever pop up? Or does so. that not the same I think, I think that was freed. But, it, again, it gets a little... Will the powers fade at some point? I mean, she's still flying and fighting. So. <laughs> I want to see his questions like that that I have with her powers, like, and so, and I think that's my thing. That's what, kind of what I want them to move away from with Rogue, especially here in this Krakoan era. I think one of the biggest uh, things that is missing is her not being a part of asking where Destiny is. Yeah. Um, I think she should be at the forefront. And I'm really kind of excited. I'm not going to say I'm excited for Inferno, but I'm excited to see if Rogue plays a part in Inferno because I think the Rogue and Destiny relationship is really interesting. When they had that small... Uh, Reunion and X Men Necrotia, excellent. Yeah, and, nice. and, and, and and that's our second mile. We've seen so much of Rogue and Mystique, so much, and it's we barely get any Rogue and Destiny. And I think that's something that really needs to kind of be brought into her. I think Rogue having a family is very important, even though they said she don't want kids anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but I think like again like I look at how she depends on it or how everyone else kind of depends on her and how she's the leg for the group and I think her having that again would be nice for her I'd also like to see some more stuff with her and Kurt and you how would you put their relationship now did you like to see them more be like brother and sister or just what heads on philosophies I don't know I don't really think Rogue has too many philosophies um but I just would like to see them. I just, I just think it would be nice to see like how they kind of feel right now, especially like there's been very few times where we've had Mystique, Rogue, and Nightcrawler all kind of in the same spot. So yeah. like, what is this? How do you guys like feel about each other as a family? Do you not? Do you? What's cool? Honestly, yeah. that's probably what I would like to see for Rogue. If we're going to have her be what I think she is, which is a great superhero, I'd rather see her as an Avenger or or you're leading an Avengers team. But then when we see her on Krakoa, she's like dealing with her family and stuff. We see her talking with Mystique. We see her talking with Nightcrawler. We see her asking questions about Destiny. She doesn't just have to be a superhero over there because it's a, an island of paradise. It's her home. Yeah, it's just it's her home. home. I can see that. That would be nice. I do love Rogue Avengers as well. So. Yeah. It would be nice though, maybe if... Uh, now that Gambit is, you know, riding solo mm-hmm. in Excalibur, maybe sometimes when she pops back up, they can touch on her home life. I'm sure she's going back up. I think I think it's supposed to be that she, like, they're going to be popping back and forth in the books together. Mm. So, we'll see. But that's our panel. I just wanted to talk about Rogue, see what was going on with her. Let's go ahead, take a break, and we'll actually talk about more Rogue when we come back for another reread of No Surrender. Let's do it. Oh my goodness. All right, everybody, welcome back <laughs> for another reread. And this week, yes. so we're actually dividing this into two parts. This week, we're going to do uh the first eight issues of No Surrender, because as we started to go back and reread this, we realized that it was 16 issues. <laughs> and you know, I can make a lot of time throughout my week to read some comics, but like the stack of comics I have, plus another 16 issues or something, it just, <laughs> it wasn't gonna work. I got Housewives to watch. <laughs> but uh, despite all of that, let's go ahead and let's get into No Surrender. Again, we were just talking about Rogue and our character panel, and this is a yeah. place where it gets to shine. Um, Game Master and Challenger have gotten the Black Order and the Lethal Legion, and they're playing basically a game of chess, and they're trying to get these pieces. A bunch of the heroes of the world have been taken offline. They're frozen in space, and uh, we have a bunch of Avengers who, I guess, were just not considered. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And so they all are okay. (laughs) Um, And so these are the Avengers Reserves. They come together. We also are introduced to Voyager, who is the long-lost Avenger character. Yes, who is and one, she said she was a original member. A founding member, actually, yeah, yes. yeah. Um, and the event is written by Al Ewing, Mark Wade. We have beautiful art throughout from Pepe Larez, and Kim Jacinto joins in for a couple of issues. Oh, who's supposed to be looking at through third writer? Are you looking at that right now? Yeah. Oh, Zub. Oh, my gosh, Jim Zub. Yeah, I forgot about I that. I like Zub. Yeah. 
don't feel like he got his credit. He uh, he's responsible for putting Betsy back in her original body. If you didn't know. That's that. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, I wonder what happened to him. Anyways, uh, he's also responsible for um, after I want to say it may have been around this. He put Beast and Wonder Man together. They, they had a night on town and actually showed their differences where they are mm-hmm. from where they were best friends to like where they are now. Where Wonder mm-hmm. Man was like, I think you're dangerous. <laughs> like we're friends, okay. but like. <laughs> okay, so that might have been yeah. Um, gone too soon yeah. from the comic book world. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think overall the first eight issues of this is like an amazing event. Mhm. Shout and, out to Pepe Larraz. You know, I didn't realize going back and rereading this now. I read this when it came out and back in 2018, and I was a big fan of it back then because it was just like these big, beautiful pages and like, mm-hmm. you know, um, I do love an action shot with the powers and all that kind of stuff. And that was always great. Um, I guess I didn't realize back then that this, a lot of this was drawn by him. <laughs> and mm-hmm. there's some good stuff, some really, really and, good stuff. And I think that is also a testament to his talent because I don't know if people remember, but this was a weekly series. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot. This so is it, it, that's why there's so many issues on it. Um, and this, <laughs> is actually, this is actually kind of what spearheaded the idea for the Uncanny X-Men Disassembled event that they had. Like, this is where that inspiration came from. So shout out to the Avengers for starting that out. Also, shout out to the Avengers for Pepe Larraz, because Pepe Larraz, I think yeah. this is one of his big, like, first Marvel works. And then, as we know, the Xbox thankfully stole him from them. But uh, he was killing it on this. I think, like you said, there were a lot of big, beautiful pages. He excels, I think, in ash- action spreads. Mm-hmm. And No Surrender is just one big action scene. This would be a good yeah. MCU movie, actually. I was actually thinking that while I was reading this, while we had these two teams, like, you know, battling it out and trying to go and collect these, like, pieces or whatever, um, and we see all the teams kind of working things out and trying to figure out that they're even a part of a game, I was like, this would make a really good, either an MCU movie or, like, an animated, uh, like, film or some sort, something like that. I love that. Yeah. Like, an art or an animated series. That would be cool. It's dope because a lot of the characters you have, they're very vibrant. You got like Rogue and Wonder Man and folks like, and Johnny Storm flying around and shooting beams out. You lightning. Got, uh, lightning. You got folks like Falcon uh, and Hercules who can like give you their hand to hand stuff. And also shout out to this book for really emphasizing the leaders of the Avengers, Rogue, Falcon and Sunspot. Ugh, yeah. Mutants love to be Avengers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> And I think, uh, I think now again, I think this event being so good is a testament to that time for the Avengers and just how good the line was as a whole. And I really appreciated for Sam this being his first leader, his first uh, role as leader of the Avengers in the Falcon role, as mm-hmm. opposed to being Captain America. You know, but obviously, and I think I was uh, tweeting about this as well. Captain America is a symbol. So I feel like a lot of times when he's around the Avengers, people automatically kind of follow him because like that's just what they know to do, no matter whether it's Steve, Bucky, or Sam. I think sitting back and looking at uh, Sam as Falcon in this series and saying like, no, he is still the same man, even without that specific symbol. He is your leader. He is your here. He is following. Uh, you're following him and how he does that, and like everybody kind of falls in line, which is great. Yeah, I was like when Falcon was rising up and telling people what to do. I was like, I know. I knew you were loving that. And I was like, um, yeah. it, it was also really cool to see him kind of like, kind of like what you say, really step into that leadership role. Mm-hmm. And uh, shout out to the writers for having like the thought bubbles again with this stuff, because 
seeing mm-hmm. him kind of while he was making decisions be like okay i have to like make sure they are believing me with this because i, I need them to follow me it was really mm-hmm. cool to like see him actually be that kind of leader just an excellent moment um another character who i really enjoyed in this was quicksilver <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah it's been so long since we've seen him probably it since really this has. Um, I think he had, like, the miniseries after this, but I think yeah. that was kind of the last time we really see him do anything. And it's just crazy, especially after WandaVision. I think he would have brought him back for that. Uh, but, like, no, I think it was great. And it, it was classic Pietro. It was kind of like the one, he's a little headstrong, he is stubborn, he's going to do what he wants, he's not going to listen to anybody. I love seeing him on his relationship here, and she's trying to calm him down. And, like, even Dr. Voodoo's reminding her, he's like, you're not his keeper, Wanda. He's a grown man. And Pietro's going to do what he wants no matter what. Uh I did, also, you know, did you notice in, I forget what, exactly which issue it was, but after the um, heroes were all frozen, which I think was a great way to kind of not only pull out characters who never really get a shine, you know, mm-hmm. like um, like Wonder Man or mm-hmm. a Lightning and stuff like that, a lot of these kind of those characters. It was also a way for you to make the story um, more interesting because if you have the X-Men and everybody else involved in this stuff, it could kind of, the story's over really quickly. So mm-hmm. I liked the way that that was kind of done. Um, but did you notice when Wanda was trying to use her magic to maybe like warp reality and fix something, uh-huh. um, she released Vision. <laughs> and she froze Quicksilver. And she froze Quicksilver in front of her new man, in front, in front of Brother Voodoo. She's messy. That's my girl. <laughs> She's hilarious. She's hilarious. I was like, you uh, just unfroze your ex-husband in front of your new man. And she said, and what about it? <laughs> <laughs> and what about it? <laughs> I like it. <laughs> and what about it? And she said, and they were both fine. Uh, <laughs> but no, that was... That, 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 Wanda had some good moments in here, and I think it's also nice to remember I kind of enjoy her a lot sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved a lot of the emotion that was coming behind in some of these characters' motivations. It was nice to see these relationships. Rogue, again, uh, a lot of people kind of, depending on her and how, what she did and just her being a support system, I think about in the scene where Johnny uh, grabs the piece and he, like, disintegrates and they think he's dead and, like, how Rogue reacted to that. Like, it just felt very raw, very human. Uh, Good moment she, for her. Her, her and Johnny have like a pretty close relationship. Um, she loves a gag. Well, well. I mean, <laughs> she uh, does have a nice relationship with with Torch. I know that they've like are pretty close. Yeah. Um, she also will not <laughs> see it. Just still does not see it for Scarlet Witch. Anytime yeah. they were earlier talking, I don't know, at one point they were trying to figure out what people could do. And, um, of course, you know, typical magic users coming up with an excuse for them not being able to do something. So Wanda was like, oh, I couldn't do this with my powers because of whatever the planets weren't aligned. And Rogue's like, oh, great. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> for that girl. Give That's all nothing. I <laughs> I know they just kind of butt heads, but they still like respect each other a little bit. Yeah, it's cute to see. Um, I wonder if we'll get a little bit of Rogue's reaction to her being dead. Oh, that'd be interesting. Because um, I think the X Men are supposed to like help in that investigation. If I saw the pre, there were some preview pages that Marvel released, and I know Cyclops and Lorna and uh, Marvel Girl were in it with like North Star and somebody else from that team. 
Uh, Rachel, I think I saw her. Was she was there too? Maybe Rachel. That sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be nice to see how she reacts to that. That'd but be she probably don't care. Um, one thing I also really loved about this event was the uh, character design and again shout out to Pepper guys like I don't think I've ever seen him on a big event where he's created some designs or some characters and they had not looked good because the Lethal Legion looked good and again Captain Glory the introduction to him who we just saw over in the Guardians of the Galaxy welcome back he was hot I love the mask the helmet the color scheme Everything I had a feeling you were going to like his outfit. It's really cool. And he, um, you know, for people who know Carol, she got her powers because she was experimented on by the brood, and they, like, unlocked her, like, Cree mutant stuff. Once the Cree found out about that, they, I guess, he, that's the way he was experimented on by the Cree. They kind of made him into a soldier. So she, mm-hmm. He has similar abilities to Carol. I don't think he can go, like, binary or absorb energy and stuff, but he's got super strength can fly, can shoot energy blast, and he's Kree, so, you know. Hey, that's that's how you want to meet now. Was there any, like, of the characters in this who you weren't super familiar with, who you kind of walked out, or in this first half, you were like, oh, maybe I should go back and see something from them or what they do? Honestly, for me, it was lightning. So, like, I had always been a pretty big fan of his. Obviously, I had done that uh, panel on him before, but when mm-hmm. this first came out, like, I had been interested in him before, but this really put him back on, like, on my radar again. Yeah. And I liked him and him trying to, like, really show himself as being a superhero. He doesn't want to let anybody down because he is a reserved member, or, like, a reservist member. <clears throat> so he feels like, oh, my gosh, they're inviting me onto the big leagues. I want to show up and yeah. and show out. So I like that or whatever. But, like... It seems like they everybody kind of forgot about him after this because you didn't see anything from him anymore after this. Um, I wasn't the biggest fan of Synapse before, the Inhuman mm-hmm. telepathic girl. Still not that big of a fan of her. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was interested in the Lethal Legion. Uh, I think and, this was actually their first, like... Yeah, they were created for this. Event, for right? this. I like to fight the metal, the metal Master. Obviously liked him. Um... Mm-hmm. I, I did like the Lethal Legion a lot. They were pretty cool. Okay. I didn't I don't really think there was anyone who I was super excited about seeing. I wish Firebird would have been a part of this event. I know oh, she would have been nice. Somewhere. That would have been nice to see her, uh, especially drawn by Pepe. But uh oh, going yeah. back and reading the second time, I think I want to go and get a little bit more into uh Nadia, the wasp. Oh, I don't like her. <laughs> <laughs> You know, um, I heard because I have read some stuff with her and I'm like, ooh. Oh, and so that's my thing. I've never read anything with her. But I remember at the time, like, she was supposed to be like the next girl that was coming out and be the thing. I remember, you know, it was Kamala, it was Riri, Vivian, and it was Nadia, the Wasp. And so, um, but like, I felt like that fizzled out very quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember this was kind of supposed to be her thing and she was here and I was just like oh I don't actually know anything about this character so I was like maybe I should go back and read some other stuff I, I feel like she had a team up with Mockingbird which I would love to see maybe you'll like it more than I do and you have to let us know what you think about it but I am not a fan <laughs> if anyone else if anyone else has been into some naughty stuff or they know some good naughty stories where to recommend please let me know send them my way um, yeah but that was it Wonder Man was in this. 
Yes, he was. I know that's right. <laughs> um, I appreciate the fact of him being able to like use his powers and stuff in this, but um, still, they push the pacifist stuff. I think you kind of might just need to accept that he's a pacifist. It just seems such a random heel turn. You know, I just feel like... Like, he went from, like, being a I want to be a superhero, but I will always check the Avengers because I don't, like, see them accomplishing what they... some good. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden being a pacifist. The pacifist thing always, to me, felt like, okay, I feel like you think he's too overpowered. <laughs> so... Mm. Which I agree with. I, I feel like that might be a big thing. You always For have sure. to figure out a way to take those superpower characters off. Um, however, I think now the new narrative is that he is just a pacifist. And you... I hear pacifist and he keep punching people out the face. I mean, I don't mean he don't get tired. <laughs> <laughs> like in the, in the uh, same issue. Like, it's just, it's, it's like a Wonder Woman thing. What, was the, what they always say? Uh, preach peace, but teach violence. <laughs> see, I don't um, want that for him. You know, I think I think I like I like when he was okay with with being a little, you know, get yeah. a little rough. I think you should figure out how to work new pacifism into your ideal Wonder Man. We'll because... we'll figure out how to have that be a part of it. Maybe we could take the back burner or something. It'll <laughs> maybe it'll it'll show its head every now and then, but we got to get uh, it about it. Amazing. I did appreciate the fact that they um, touched on his powers, though. And, mm. um, you know, Jarvis got injured in this, and Beast uh, wanted Wonder Man oh, to yeah. fly back over and let him know, like, hey, can you think you can help out? And Wonder Man is an, an entrepreneur and smart in that way, but he's not, like, a scientist uh, yeah. like that. So uh, Beast and Wasp and Nadia were like, hey, you can control ionic energy, and ions are both positive and negative energy, meaning you could, like, draw the opposites of that from him, see if you could kind of figure that out. And I like the art there and the way that his uh, powers were shown. That That was good. Um, With speaking of Jarvis being hurt, were you like, did you feel anything from that? I, I, okay, so I forgot that that was gonna happen. (laughs) The second second time around, the first time around, I remember I wasn't too shocked by it because I had a feeling that if mostly because I don't pay too much attention to Jarvis oh my gosh okay so that's where I was going with that so um you think I had always pretty much thought that Jarvis was just like a voiceover of the house at that point like I thought we had passed him being an actual butler so him being brought back in this and being killed the first time Mm -hmm. I was like okay fine he could just become an AI for the building or something but this time I was like oh snap (laughs) I forgot He's dying. Um, yeah, I feel like, and I and I read a lot of Avengers books um, here and there, but I just, I was like, oh, I'm sorry, Jarvis. That's right. Sad. Right. I don't know. Maybe I mean I should probably feel more. <laughs> but actually, uh, now that I think about it, I don't remember if he makes it out of this. <laughs> so. <laughs> I was about to say I don't either. I guess we'll find out next week when we finish. <laughs> Because I'm like, oh, wait, he's in the hospital. Uh, How do he even makes it out? Okay. Yeah. Um, but they were sad. Nadia was sad. And I was just like, oh, yeah. Well, that's yeah. sad. I guess. Um, but overall, first half of this event, really enjoyed it. Looking forward to kind of finishing it off and mm-hmm. seeing how it ends. Yeah, I think Pepe Larraz actually ends up coming back because I think the artist at the end kind of changed. 
which I still liked, but um, it'll be interesting to see the second half of this. I'm ready. All right, y'all. So that brings us to the end of the show. Make sure you check us out on Twitter at Another Relaunch. You can also send us any of your questions, concerns at anotherrelaunch at gmail.com. You can watch us if you want to watch the show at on YouTube at Another Relaunch TV. Um, you can find me on most social media platforms at UncannyLZ. Keenan, where can I find you? You guys know you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Keenan Lance, and there's an underscore at the end. Boom. All right, y'all. So we will catch y'all next week. Then let's get up mm-hmm. out of here. I want some I'm hungry. Oh my gosh, I was just about to say See? that. <laughs> 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 All right, so I'll be.